The Tim and Tony podcast is brought to you by Tim. Why do you use bucked up? Uh, because Tony, everybody needs a little help in their life. I found out a few years ago um, that I needed that extra push to actually do my workouts at the level that I wanted to be doing them at and to just get the results that I wanted to out of working out. And so, you know, one of the most frustrating things is when you're hitting the gym as hard as, as your body will allow you to, and you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Uh, these supplements will really help you uh, get to that next level, get to that next step and push you uh, to hopefully reach your goals. So that's why I use it. Fucked up. It tastes fantastic and it helps you work out. Get it, use it. We have a promo code, right? We do. Uh, promo code. Very easy to remember. Uh, it's T and T20. Get 20% off your bucked up order. They have supplements, every single one you can think of shirts, hats, fucking joggers, anything you could possibly want. They've got it. Fucking TNT joggers. TNT20. Get 20% off your entire order today online, buckedup.com. T A N D T 20. Tony, before we had this podcast and we received this next wonderful sponsor, we both struggled with our fashion game, specifically cool. and especially our gym fashion game, which is an underrated part of going to the gym. Yes. So please tell the people how they can get more excited about going to the gym and what company they can go to buy uh, some stuff that'll make them feel better. So what's great is, wow, interesting. We're keeping that in. So, so, so. So, all you got to do is go to TitleWear.com because what you're going to find there is you're going to find some of those comfortable and flattering, might I add, gym wear on the market. They got, they, they, they got hoodies. They got sleeveless hoodies. They got tank tops. They got T-shirts. They got shorts. They've got compression pants, and they've got sports bras. They've got leggings. They've got all of it. It's fantastic. The quality is amazing. It's made for workouts, so they're durable. And it's just plain comfortable. So, Tim, what's that promo code? Very easy to remember. It is T and T15. That's T A N D T15. That's 15% off your entire order. You can order one thing, you can order 13 things order 100 fucking things it's 15 percent off the entire order at title.com um and if you want to order 100 fucking things you do it and you do it with the promo code t-a-n-d-t-1-5 tim do you care about sustainability i do do you care about comfort i very much do do you care about style? A little bit. Do you care about just looking good? I really do. I really do care about all those things. I didn't mean to put sustainability. It feels like I put sustainability a little lower on that list than I should have. It but I care about like those it. things deeply. And in fact, sustainability is actually one of the best parts about what I'm about to talk about. All birds, they make incredible shoes. They make incredible clothing. They make incredible socks. Tell us about it, Tim. 
Welcome to the program, Alberts. We're happy to have you on board. Absolutely. Uh, these are, no exaggeration, the most comfortable fucking shoes I have ever worn in my entire life. And you, don't act, and you don't have to just wear them when you're having sex. That's right. That's right. Um, I can't believe we just put that in an ad. Um, <laughs> they look great. They feel better. And they're good for the planet. Uh, go to, we're going to, uh, this is a little bit different than we've done in the other ones. We're yeah. going to attach the link to go to all birds where you can pick up not only a pair of shoes, pair of, uh, a shirt. Uh, they're making joggers. They've got shorts, whatever you want. You buy anything on the store, you get a free pair of socks with it on us. Uh, if you do go to the store and buy some Allbirds, please use the link that's in the description of this podcast. Yes, and they don't do deals like this. This is like the only one out there. Like this is the one deal. So that's what we're bringing to you guys. You should do it. Get the stuff because it's a great company and they make great stuff. So, Tim, there's a lot we could talk about today. We could talk about Ben Simmons hurting his back, not playing basketball. We could talk about Fernando Tatis asking which motorcycle accident uh, we're talking about. We could talk about Tom Brady is back. We could talk about a host of different things. Yeah, a lot of options. We already did the Tom Brady thing. Be weird. Hey, Tom, I'm, I, any more of your career you want to let me watch? I'll be there for, I'm not doing a whole other pod. Hey man, welcome back. I guess if you can say that to someone that just briefly stepped out to, you know, take a phone call, welcome back, I guess. Um, the thing that I actually want to talk about is, did you see what was decided in North in the North district of California today? Oh, man, I thought you were going to drop the daylight savings thing on me. No, um, no, 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 no. Because that is like my favorite thing the government's done in a long time. Just yes, personally. yes. Um, I, we could also talk about that, but we're not. So okay. the yeah. Northern District of California ruled that minor league baseball players mm -hmm. are MLB employees. Oh, so if you play, so they're going to move all the minor league teams out of that area, out of the Ninth Circuit? <laughs> Oh, it's the northern. It's the state court. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, my brain court. is so my brain. My brain isn't yeah. quite functioning. Um, yeah. So, so that is actually, and that is go, actually very interesting. And it's going to apply to an Arizona case, um, which is opening them up to lawsuit because, as you know, but the listeners might not, people tend to follow what California has to say on certain things. There's a lawsuit coming up in Arizona where there's trial set for June 1st um, for damages um, that have been claimed by minor leaguers for either being underpaid or not paid for certain services um, because they're ba basically, as I understand it, and I just briefly read it so I could be off base, but based on my brief read of it, um, the basically their job as minor leaguers is to intertwined into the benefits and activities of major league baseball as to not hold them as employees at a minimum during their services, I guess you should say. I mean, listen, 
I I actually think that's smart. Uh, one of the things, you know, they Manfred got rid of. I, I forget how many minor leagues team is, but off just speaking out of my ass, <laughs> it was like it was like A thirty. Lot. It was so a, it was an <clears throat> abusive amount. Got it rid of them, but he got rid of most of the ones that were not uh, profit producing areas. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. My my point is is that well, I'm saying people, it's wrong. Some people have this view of of minor leagues that they don't make money. And I'm actually here to tell you that minor league baseball teams that are in small rural towns, which is where they do best, they actually do produce money, like significant amounts of money. This isn't just a feeder program for the major leagues. It's actually its own industry. And actually the teams that got kicked out of these areas, this is why... Um, some people in Congress were very upset about the minor league teams going is because it actually, even if they weren't making millions of dollars a year, they were still producing revenue and jobs for the city. And it was still kind of a source of entertainment for people who don't live in cities like LA. And it's a source of revenue where, yeah, even if you make a few tens of thousands of dollars every once in a while, like, for the economies of those small towns it matters it's huge and like you know some people that was their whole job and you know which you know groundskeeper for the team usher or whatever like it's a job producer and obviously we're not an economics podcast but like it's it doesn't take an economics degree or specialty or whatever just to say like yeah in the middle of uh I mean, Des Moines might not be the best example because it's, you know, in terms of at least rural America, it's a pretty big city. But like, say, take a city like Des Moines, Iowa, that doesn't really have a big entertainment industry. The Iowa Cubs are a big deal out there. Like, it's one of their touchstones. It's right next to downtown. And I know that because shout out Everett helped him move there for med school. It's right next to downtown and it's cool. Like it's, it would I mean, be something to do where, you know, I don't know if you know this, Tim, but you know, Iowa isn't, it's not Miami. It's not popping. But I mean, I'm just looking at the top 10 revenue producing teams. I mean, at the very top, you have teams that are profiting over 20 million a year. I mean, that's real money. Yeah. Like, and they're saying the value of those teams. There's a couple minor league teams that are worth over $45 million. I'm just curious. Who's number one? Sacramento's number one, Charlotte's number two. Okay. Which, so those aren't great examples for what we're well, Dayton's to number three. Lehigh Valley's Lehigh Valley's four. There we go. You know, so now we're talking. Right. And and they're those those are still worth over $40 million. Yeah. Like those are those are real businesses. Like um, so it, to me, for the players' that, sake, the diamondbacks but, could be so lucky. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, the, the, for the player's sake, I mean, we covered this on our, our baseball bitch pod um, that won't age. In that ter- we were bitching about baseball. Right, which won't age terrifically well, but that's okay. But one of the points that we talked about was just that minor league baseball players are not included in these negotiations and they're kind of getting thrown around like they are and they're actually not. It has nothing to do with them. The issues with the minor leagues are separate and apart from what's happening with the major league players. So, And now maybe minor league players are going to have their own union and, or they might already have their own union, but maybe now they have a seat at the table. Now they're considered employees. 
which it's, it's tough because again, I, I think that it's negotiating is all about leverage and their leverage is so much less yeah. than the major league players. Like I'm like, again, I'm not, I'm not someone who's ignorant to the fact that there are minor league uh, teams that again are worth nearly $50 million, yeah. but we're, we're talking about billion dollar enterprises negotiating with multi multi-millionaires oh. who have lawyers that are paid tens of thousands of dollars a day to represent them. Like it's, so not it's the a Oakland different thing. Days. Not the Oakland not the Oakland A's. Oh, okay. Sorry. Not the Oakland A's. But I mean, I don't even think there's a team in baseball that's worth less than a billion right I now. Wonder, I, I wonder <clears throat> who makes more, uh, that number one, the Sacramento team or the Oakland A's? Uh, <laughs> in ref, that would yeah, be. But there's rev, but there's revenue sharing. Revenue sharing in the TV deal. Oh, so that's kind of tough to. If you're gonna do just ticket sales, that would be interesting to me. I I would because, honestly be surprised if either the Dimebacks or the A's did better ticket sales than that number one minor league team. I would be surprised. But, but I you know I I think that it's, I I think that that's incredibly interesting just for the reasons that we pointed out in that podcast is. Look, if you're going to have these organizations that do nothing but print money for you, right. again, small amounts of money. I mean, the top producing one profited about $25 million a year. But how many businesses in America would slit their <laughs> left wrist to make, to pro- not revenue, their revenue is over like $70 million a year. Sure. Their profit is between like 20, 30, 40, depending on the year. And, that's and a real that's a real business. So quick side note, since we're talking roughly thirty million dollars, Anthony Rizzo just re-signed with the Yankees for two years, thirty-two million. So one of my, one of the happier one of the happier uh people I am to watch play baseball is on my least favorite team. Well, second least favorite team. Fuck the Dodgers. Um so you got any other thoughts? I mean the Cali, Cali State Court trying to trying to make some moves in baseball. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, I think that it happened in the Northern uh, District because the Sacramento team is the most powerful minor league team. You know, um, you so, might you, you you might be onto something there, but so, that would mean that someone is allowing their bias to infiltrate their judgment, which, as we know, Tim does not happen and can't happen. And on that note. Elvis Monero, please play us. In a crowded room, summer and town. Okay, so Tim. We are going to be talking about we're, we're we're digging back into the bag. We're we're getting into our bag and we're pulling out episode six and episode seven of Mandalorian because we realized you know what we keep we, we keep jumping around some topics. Let's get back to what we want to do. Let's let's get back to Star Wars or should I say what I want to do maybe not necessarily what you want to do because you're only watching this because i'm forcing you because of this whole bit that we're doing so episode six what was just the second the credits rolled what did you think so i had to rewatch six um because uh the first time i watched six 
I have a very short attention span, mm. as anybody who knows me knows. Mm. And so TikTok has been one of the worst things that's probably ever happened to me. To society. Be- oh, sorry. Because, yeah, because if I get bored for a second and I just start scrolling it, next thing I know, I've spent 30 minutes on it. Which so I, it, I did. If I, can, get- if I can interject, though, follow the TikTok. It's up. Tim yeah. Tony Pod. Check it out. I, I did get bored. Um, look, not every episode in a TV series is going to be the best one ever. I mean, people that we, we do this with, with basketball players. We do this with television shows. I've heard people say that breaking bad had no misses. Oh, it's not true. It's not true. It had, it had things that didn't work. It had plot lines that weren't resolved. It had things that didn't go anywhere. There's no such entire episode where we followed around a fly. Well, in a room. That one was nominated for an Emmy. I don't mind that one, but <laughs> but I'm saying because that it there's... was supposed to be like no, I'm just I, it was but, honestly it was the first bad episode that came to mind, so I just pulled. No, it. I got you. There, there's there's episodes of of that show like Michael Jordan didn't make every shot he took. Um, okay, yes, like... he did. What are you talking about? <laughs> the older people are always telling me he didn't miss. What do you mean? Right. Never missed a shot in the fourth quarter. Uh, but great shows, uh, even good shows, obviously, but especially great shows when they have episodes that kind of miss, um, that kind of feel like there's no point to them. That's when it, 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 it feels like a letdown, but my realization after going back through and watching it the second time is, um, obviously not knowing what happens to this group of people. I'm pretty sure they're going to come back in some capacity at some point. Yeah. And while it seemed super pointless (laughs) and just kind of like, why was that even necessary? You could have cut that episode type stuff. It has, it has, it has a couple things in it that a couple character developing things. And it's still, it's more content in this universe that people want to see. And by the way, I like when, when uh, like stories like this one, like in Star Wars, decide that we're not going to try to appease you every single episode. They did that with WandaVision. They did two whole weeks of episodes that nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Like, we know you're going to come back. And they were the first two that released from the Marvel TV shows, right? Well, yeah. non-Netflix Marvel. Um, we know so you're going to be back. Here's the deal. It's a bad episode of television. There's, there's, there's no way around it. I love Star Wars dearly. I love Dave Filoni and John Favreau, like my family, um, as much as you can in a pair. What, what's the phrase? Parasocial interaction, relationship, something like. You're trying that. to say like non-incestual. No, I'm trying to say like I know them, but they don't know me. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that word. Paris, I think they're called, I think it's called parasocial relationships. Regardless, um, it's a bad episode. Not a lot happens that's interesting. There's some that there's some stuff that happens. Um, there's obviously a lot of new characters. Not a lot of them outside of one is all that interesting. Uh, 
I think you could probably guess who it is because it's the famous comedian with an accent that's coming out of nowhere. Um, but you know, it's I mean, I, I've I actually kind of nicknamed this myself. This was the worst Grogu episode where oh, it's kind of like he kind of does disappear in, in episode five, too. But there's especially in episode six, there is a noticeably I like it. I thought the show was kind of about these two, and that uh-huh. whole episode had very, very little to do with it. It's called The Mandalorian. So, but the episode starts off. Um, so Mando's looking for Newark, but this time it's outside of the guild. He goes to an old partner who tells Mando he's, quote, always welcome. So it's, you know, clear that they're close. They've been through some <laughs> shit. Um, <clears throat> turns out they need the Razor Crest for the job. Um, I did appreciate when the old partner says what's with the look uh that mando's giving him i i, I appreciated that it's just a, a meta a meta nod just <laughs> we we get it um this is when we get introduced to i think it could be the ballsiest dis- uh casting decision that we've seen uh so far certainly in star wars tv um in a while just star wars generally bill burr is brought in to play mayfeld who's a former imperial sharpshooter and then we get a very lovely stormtrooper joke uh but again he wasn't a stormtrooper wise ass meaning mando first of all that was hilarious that part kind of made the episode was that <laughs> i forget how he phrases it but basically that's an oxymoron you can't be a sharpshooting uh, stormtrooper i think he just says that doesn't say much yeah because famously the joke about star wars is those fuckers can't shoot anything <laughs> like yeah. and that's why part of what's made mandalorian interesting to me is it has actually made them scary to where my whole it's... childhood there was nothing scary about them it was kind of like they're not going to hit him. <laughs> it's the power calibration. And it's it's the thing that I think really enhances this show. And the way that you can enjoy this show in conjunction with the movies, it allows you to appreciate when you go and watch like episode three or whatever, and you see Obi-Wan and Anakin just running through battle droids or in Anakin's case, running through younglings. Um you know, it, it, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I sorry. was trying not to laugh into the microphone so that if this is ever used later against me, I'm not laughing at the murder of children, but I, I couldn't resist. It's in a world with laser swords and yeah. uh, mind bending. I, if, you know, I tweet at me, text me, uh, message me. We can talk about how you being upset about that's ridiculous. But, um, you know, it, it, the, the, that power balance, I think, is why the show succeeds as well as it does. Because when you're running around, say, this episode, then you see what the difference is between, you know, just run-of-the-mill thugs and then a Mandalorian. Um, so, you know, the old partner clearly, uh, clearly isn't fit enough to do work anymore. Um, I appreciated that self-awareness out of our guy. 
doesn't seem like he's doing much cardio nowadays. Not a lot of bucked up in the system. Not a lot of bucked up in the system. That's right. So not then there's no real need. There's no need for title clothes because there's not really much that's going to look flattering on that guy. But we can tell that Mando has a dark past. Hopefully you get to see that. Hopefully you get to see more of it. Um, I'd be very curious to get some flashbacks. Um, well, some more flashbacks. Um, we get introduced to the team. They clearly know who Mando is, except for Muscle. Muscle seems to be new. He's an interesting guy. They're definitely a trustworthy He bunch. uses Bucked Up. He uses and some more stuff. <laughs> he he does he he doesn't just stop at bucked up uh would you say that this looks like a trustworthy group too yeah that's the thing they hadn't like from the very beginning of the episode you're just like they're gonna betray him yeah <laughs> and, and that's that was one of my problems with it to where i got kind of bored because i was like okay they're gonna go on this thing and i'll just wait for them to fucking betray him and go ah and then yeah. <laughs> he'll escape and then it'll all be fine like <laughs> so we meet mando's old girlfriend um it's in he's Vegas. got weird he's got complicated taste in women because i mean the girl that he meets in that village again not good with names uh but in the village on the my favorite episode thus far i believe it was episode four where they price, take down the, the price styles howard episode yeah so uh that person seems very lovely yeah. seems very mentally healthy uh very mentally healthy uh, very, very maternal so good for good for baby yoda um and very I, mean, com- I was gonna say just very confident very calming yes. presence about her whereas uh this chill girl, out mando a lot <laughs> yeah i mean this girl seemed to be <laughs> kind of the uh the rebound i just want to have the best sex in my life type girlfriend for a yeah. little while which we we get it but <laughs> you do how do you get well, it to- I, I, i'm not you, you we get it we get it I, don't um, rope me in no what do you we mean? we okay. get it okay we all get it <laughs> um so i didn't buy that they ever dated but at the same time we've all been there so oh man uh the job is to get their friend who's uh, he just straight up got arrested uh yeah. and is being held in a max <laughs> security transport okay um no why do you need because again that's not asked there you never ask why which is kind of their rule which seems like a bad rule because so- <laughs> I, I remember when the episode first came out, people were like, oh, you guys have such a problem with going to save a man. But, you know, the first first time we see Star Wars, they're just going to save a princess. You're okay with that. Okay. What's your point? One's actually got good writing. The other one's just kind of meh. I didn't care about who they were saving. At all. Always tough when you don't care. Give a... F- flying fuck about who they're saving and once they don't show who it is you know the person's going to be evil or the or it's going to be some kind of big reveal which it was not it was not so you know it's if if you really want to digest why 
a new hope is infinitely better than this episode of mandalorian um first off just go go see help but two um again tweet at me message me would love to would love to tell you why you're wrong um so again with the mando hating droids thing how do you at this stage in watching the show how do you feel about this keep being brought up and why do you think it keeps being brought up uh we'll see what happens my theory on it is because this is a pg to pg 13 show that whatever it is will be bad but probably won't shock my conscience um uh it's it's something that they're trying to hammer home clearly this along with mandalorian's not a super upstanding uh citizen uh but for some reason has a thing for tiny little green uh monsters that he meets in weird places whoa, whoa. well i mean what do you want me to call him do you want me to call him like an animal a thing call him, call him what we all called him what grogu time. either ba- either baby yoda or the child you nobody called call him the child monster. We all called him the child. We it, no, actually, we didn't call him the child. We all called him our child. The uh, so the team's droid. Uh, he talks shit about the Razor Crest like pretty aggressively. I mean, I'm glad that we're getting it. it in Star Wars, it doesn't seem like uh, anybody has any concept of money ever and it's mostly because we're dealing with royalty at most points um one but jedi no- and it's just like well i mean what is money we work for the republic yeah we, they- we, we we serve at the pleasure of your majesty what do you mean money? it's it's like there's never any moment where anybody worries that they won't be able to like pay like there's nobody who seems to be like scrounging to get by other than luke at the very beginning when we meet him or Anakin when we first meet him, but that's kind of like an intense, like Anakin's a slave, Luke's living out in the middle of nowhere and happens to basically be royalty. So um, I I enjoy the guy driving the shitty car. I, do. I mean, it's a- I mean Han's always in debt, which you and I can. Yeah, but he's got like with. he's got like the nicest shit possible at the same. It's like the guy who's got a bunch of debt, but he drives like a. I don't know, like a Ferrari, like good for you. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. See, I always thought the Falcon is more of like a souped up like 2002 Honda Civic, but like the best, no. the best possible tune up you could ever you get. You got to go, you got to go to debt to pay for it. So I'm guessing it's something that was financed over like nine years at about 8%. <laughs> Something like like a V6 Mustang or something. Oh, so not the 5.0. Not no. enough for the 5.0. No. One of those, like, yeah. One of those nine-year finance jobs pops her up around Memorial Day. Those types of things. I love it. I love it. Um, so then we get, again, to the chagrin of Mando. The droid is going to be the one that's flying because, you know, you stupid humans just have way too much lag in your decision making. Yeah. Um, the jokes I'm sure were written at the time. Mando seems kind of like a boomer to droids. 
he seems kind of like the anti-tech. You know, I um, I, I, have I don't to fuck say, with this. I have to say, I don't remember <clears throat> that take. I like it though. Is that because I don't obviously I know who the actor is, so I know he's not old. But conceivably, Mando doesn't have to be young. Uh, he like so. I, I guess my if if I didn't know what I know, it would kind of be like, is this guy just kind of super old and does it like new things? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> is he just kind of a bummer? Like he doesn't seem that fun to hang out with. I'll be honest. Yeah. So we'll get we'll we'll get more into his backstory. We will. So um, some of those questions will get answered. But so they get on the ship. Um, we find out that Mandos, they really are the greatest warriors. But then we get the question, then why are they all dead? Um, it's, it's a good, good question. question. It's, it, you know, it's a great it's critical question. thinking. Um, if you knew enough about the war, Bill Burr, you'd know it's because they killed each other. But, you know, it's fine. It's None fine. of us know. It's so fine. this is... This has been my my take on the on the mall stuff is that you people who are actually mad that he was scrapped, not enough people like me even know that he's alive or give a fuck. Like uh, with Star Wars, I wouldn't actually think that that's true. With Star Wars specifically, I think I I think there's more people like me than you think. <laughs> I'm no, I'm sure there's a huge fan base, but I don't think Star Wars needs to appeal to those people oh i don't uh, think that, point, in fact so. i in fact my take is they need to specifically not worry about their opinions because they're gonna watch the shit anyways i actually think it's more like people who have seen jessica jones on netflix and keep waiting for her to pop up in the mcu oh. like are there people out there sure there's a lot of crazy fucking marvel people out there but is it me I, no I mean, some of the craziest Marvel fans that I know haven't even watched that shit. But like the crazy, even the like medium level Star Wars fans that I know have watched at least some of Rebels and some of Clone Wars. But I, I understand your point. Further in the episode, we get a joke that maybe Amanda's a Gungan, um, which not bad. I, I always love references to the previous movies, especially Jar. The, I, I always feel bad for Jar Jar. And I, you know, always thought that a little bit, that a little bit of the dislike was a little racist. The The character was also a little racist, but that was like a lot of the prequels, like the Trade Federation. Well, not even a little racist, just straight up racist. It was like watching. or not. It's like watching a stand-up comedian bomb, which if you ever go to like open mic night, it's a lot of fun. Um to just watch them absolutely bomb. And that's what Jar Jar was. It was supposed to be funny and it wasn't. And so again, like the, I think too often we get caught up in like criticism of these people is the people who are like yelling at them to kill themselves. That's not what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying people should harm this person or say so horrible to, things at them. Just to be clear, you don't think we should kill the actor yeah no i don't i say ray park you don't think we should kill them no i okay that's like some of the heinous shit that was said to these people i don't agree with but jake lloyd i can still 
I can still say like, it kind of sucked. Like <laughs> I didn't enjoy their work. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Wouldn't want them in anything else. But at the same time, I don't like wish them harm. That's I'm not good. Gonna, I'm not going to say horrible things to their family about <laughs> them. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's weird to me. It's like this Westbrook thing that's popped up recently. No, it's, it's like, it's pronounced Westbrook. Right. Like if you say that you're like attacking his family, which is obviously not okay, but like, I not think I'm allowed, I think I'm allowed. Of, he misses a lot of fucking shots. He's shooting 9% from three since the all-star break nine. I think I'm allowed to watch a guy who's making $40 million a year and say that guy is making $40 million a year. Not as good as some other people who make $40 million a year. Here's how I know he's not playing well. If you multiplied his shooting percentage by three, it would still be bad. It would still be bad. It's awful. It's awful. But this is not a Russell Westbrook podcast, and I think we've gotten enough run out of it for now. They find Baby Yoda uh, accidentally, and they're very interested. Never thought I'd see Bill Burr holding Baby Yoda. Then he drops him, which fuck you, Bill Burr, from the bottom of my heart. It kind of bugged me that he was in like a closet too. Didn't seem like there's a lot of air. He's in his little room. Well, it didn't seem like there's a lot of air in there. I'm just saying it seemed like a dog with the windows up is what it seemed like. Nice. He's in his little little pod. I don't know. I don't know. I don't (laughs) know if I'm going to do it. And we see in the next episode, we're going to make a little bed for him. That's great. It's his little room. That's great. It's his little room. He's a little guy. Little room for a little guy. Yeah, I, I got it. I get that I he's small. It. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah. So they get into the jail transport or prison transport, however, however long they're in there. I don't know how space travel works. Um, seems like a long time. Seems like a long time. But None of their conversations. I don't know. None of their conversations were interesting. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like nothing they said was. That's why I didn't say anything about it. It wasn't. Yeah, no, it was. The dialogue was not awesome. It just kind of happened. Uh, it needed to happen to make sure the continuity was cool. Uh, so is Mando paranoid or is he just experienced? Because we see he he's awfully just kind of always on the lookout always looking over his shoulder i don't think he's paranoid enough oh to be honest i think episode seven puts in question his judgment we'll get okay from the very beginning we'll get there we'll get there so obviously the muscle the lenny of the group just fucks up the whole thing they're doing the covert mission so well and then he decides to fuck with the mouse droid it's a bad move it's a bad move by the meathead um then mando shows he shows him why he's a badass he shows him what a mandalorian warrior does he says hold my beer or you know hold my green fluid or whatever that shit was that luke was drinking in episode seven um or eight excuse me uh they get to the like the cockpit where we meet the just poor employee He's just getting the raw end of this deal. He really is. Uh, he's, you know, trying to put food on his family on some planet somewhere, and he's just getting 
getting held up by some pirates, I guess you could call them, or mercenaries. Uh, but this is probably going to be my most important question, at least for this episode. Um, Tim, would you question Mayfield's managerial skills? Mm. I would question everything about Mayfield. <laughs> um, I don't know what he's good at. Didn't see it in this episode. Um, I know he's kind of funny um because he's bilber uh but it that character just doesn't land for me at all i don't know why he exists i mean even the kirkland brand han solo landed for me a little bit more (laughs) as like someone that i was interested in i don't know what it was like i I can't explain it i like bill burr so a lot but like it just didn't ring for me So I went back and listened to that episode. I think my favorite one was when I said the November 1st candy rack uh, Han Solo. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed your own work. I'm glad you, you know, it's it's not even kind of masturbatory. It just is masturbatory. It it is. Just just sit there and enjoy the sound of your own voice. But and even uh, and, and even worse, I watched the YouTube video of it. It's yeah, it's it's gross. Yeah, um, it does. It's it gets kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah. So they end up having a standoff with the worker. Mando points a gun at different various people. Um, they end up killing the worker, which again, R.I.P. for our guy. Just trying to. Clock Mando in. really seemed uh, against that for a second, which I enjoyed because, again, my tiny little criticism. And maybe this gets explained later. Oh, Mando's a hard guy to figure out. He is. Because he has moments where he's like, no, don't kill him. Or, wow, this thing's so cute. I'm going to go risk my life and career for it. And then he has other moments where he's pretty cold and icy and just guns you down. Like, it's... I'm very much looking forward... He's hard to predict. I'm very much looking forward to you seeing basically all of the star wars t star wars tv content that we've gotten up to this point he has a code like there's a code there somewhere i just can't understand what it is he has a code it might not be exactly the code because aren't these like imperial officers too like what's his like deal with i don't know like he just he has these weird lines that he won't cross for certain people but then it's like if you're a tax cheat he's willing to like put you in carbonite (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know. Like it's he's all over the place for me. He's an enigma. He's trying, he, I, I think even he himself is trying to figure out. Which yeah. can't we all? This is the way. Is kind of bullshit. Is all I'm is, I've always said that it should be. This is a way. Yeah, this is a way at this moment in time, based on how I feel, <laughs> which is how we all act. Like fuck yeah. you for saying there's a code of ethics. Like you don't follow shit. I'm going to send that clip to the California bar or the Arizona bar. I love that. Um, So the tracking beacon gets activated, um, which is the oh fuck moment of the episode. Uh, Yes. They end up getting to the prisoner. Turns out to be Quinn. Turns out he knows Mando. It's the brother of everybody. knows Mando is Vin Diesel in this world. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, everybody in the Fast and Furious universe like knows Vin Diesel and thinks he's like a god walking Earth from every continent. That's who Mando is. 
<laughs> They've all seen him. <laughs> it's it's not it's it's not a terrible trope for your main character I, to be I widely recognizable. No. no. But it just, just made me think of that. I was like, yeah, of course he knows him when he comes out. I was like, yeah, everybody does, apparently. I mean, you're totally right. Because no matter where they are on the globe, they could be in Cuba. They could be in uh, Shanghai. And you have like a secret handshake with, with whatever yeah. guy he's walking up. And they've, and yeah. they've you know, they've got, they, they did that one job in yep. Senegal together. Yep. That just, Always. you know, it, it could have gone wrong, but because we have family, it worked out. Um, so they end up throwing Mando into the cell as revenge for something that happened before they leave. It's, it was the obvious uh, betrayal yeah. that uh, that we were seeing. They're not good guys, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so the droid is trying to figure out, or she, so maybe just they. It's probably more appropriate for a droid. They are trying to figure out what Carl Weathers' message is to Mando. It's it's coming in a little choppy. You know, we're talking intergalactic transmissions. So, you know, maybe the connection just isn't quite there yet, but it's coming in. It's buffering. Right. Uh, Mando breaks out of the cell pretty uh, easily for a max security prison. It was... Again, power balances. We're seeing Mandalorian warriors. They're just cut above. Mando cuts off all the lights, and it leads to some awesome shots. And this is actually probably my favorite part of the episode, where we see, and ironically, a thing that they use that Matt Reeves uses in the Batman with strobe lighting and, you know, making it so that you don't quite know what's happening, but because you're getting every once in a while, you understand what's about to happen since the anticipation of the thing and not the thing ultimately that's the most important thing. So I thought it was cool. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the Batman, so I can't compare. Um, but the shots are, are are well done in this movie. It's it's a well it's a well filmed series. It's it's one of the things that you can almost never say about star wars that it's 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 never enough it's never filmed poorly right. i mean even the prequels that are much maligned it's it's it holds up like for, you go back and watch its, it yeah for its time i challenge you to watch the other movies that were coming out around them they're not i mean they're not it's always at the top yeah they're they're the ones that are pushing the technology forward and that was always george lucas one of his biggest uh one of his biggest goals was to push forward the visual effects age. And, you know, he was always pioneering new technologies and all that stuff. So that's kind of his deal with ILM. Uh, maybe you should have learned to write dialogue along the way. But, maybe, yeah. maybe, but I mean, that's how people talk in this universe. So, you know, it's just, they're, it's a they're good kinda, excuse for kinda, not being able to write good dialogue. <laughs> they're kind of weird. And it's like how the stormtroopers can't hit because I mean, come on, the force to it's right. Luke Skywalker for God's sake. It's always a good excuse. It's always like a good, it's always how, you know, that they're making shit up later. It's like, Oh, that's how they talk. It's like, really? They talk like fucking morons. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, that's, that's just what you think because you can't, can't right. see past it. Right. I always enjoy those takes. Baby Yoda gets up to say hi to the droid, which 
he knows not what he does, Jon Snow. Uh, Baby Yoda. Or Jesus. Jesus. I think Jesus or, said that. Or, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, yeah. You know, right. Jon Snow, Jesus, both resurrected. Yeah, just just you get know. mixed up. Right. I got both, you. Both. I know what you're trying to say. Both died to save the world in a way. You know. Yeah. Way. It's all there. I understand uh, your mix up. Yeah. Thank you. But Baby Yoda knows how to hide. And we get kind of like a horror movie. Like, I, I thought we were at some point going to get like a jump scare. We never did. Uh, we find out that Quinn just doesn't give a shit about his sister. Well, they get split up after Mando cuts the lights and all the doors start to close. He just doesn't give a shit about his sister, even though they just risked a lot to go get him. Granted, it's for money, but still kind of fucked up. Mando and the muscle fight. The muscle, I mean, he just straight up squats that bar. Because that, 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 or he squats the uh, the door. And I was impressed. Because that, I, I can tell you were. <laughs> I mean, because the door was already going down. Like he had, he yeah. had to hit, he did a deep, that was a full ass rep that he did there. I, I, I loved it. The muscle ends up, but he ends up getting crushed by the side door, the second door. It's a, it's a tough look for my guy, but you know, again, rest in peace. The old girl, the old girlfriend, Amanda uh, fight. That's when we get the strobe light uh, walk up to Mayfeld. Uh, awesome shots. We don't know at the moment what happens to the old girlfriend. We don't know what happens to Mayfeld. Uh, Mando, uh, he gave the others what they deserved, which kind, which kind of meant since they didn't show it, you kind of know that they're not dead. You kind of know. The droid finds Baby Yoda. Mando kills the droid to save Baby Yoda, which again always warms my heart to see the dad protect the child. Mando brings Quinn back. Where are the others? Thought we said no questions asked. Actually, you know what? You're right. Here's your money. Mando leaves. But again, not a trustworthy group. They plan to kill Mando. But Mando's not an idiot. Mando's a Mandalorian warrior. Mando leaves the distress tracking beacon on Quinn for... Did you catch who the two pilots were, Tim? Nope. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like I just completely like deflated you, but no, not knew, at all. No, I knew you didn't because yeah. you wouldn't. So the white guy was Dave Filoni. It's the showrunner. Um, and then Rick. Rick, I love your episodes. Famayua. I'm sorry. He's the episode director. It's a great episode. Um, at least from the script that he got, as I said before, not my favorite episode. It's just no, not, it's not all that good, but he did a, I guess I should say he did a great job. If I can revise what I said, I think he did a great job because they did some really cool shots. He uh, in a vacuum. Best. It's in a vacuum. It's good. He made, he made the best to, out of a bad situation. I think that in the relation to the 
previous episodes is where it gets dicey because we're tired of this type of episode by now where it feels like everything's contained within one episode and nothing really matters. And so, so I think that there's a fatigue setting in, in episode six, that is the episode bad. I guess I don't necessarily know if I watched it out of order, but I still think that, cause you could watch six before five and four, and you wouldn't necessarily be too far out of the timeline, which, you know, fine. It's, fine. it's a choice. Um, but yeah, they fly in, in X-Wings, they kill the partner, the old partner and Quinn. Baby Yoda gets the ball back, which again, anytime anything happens positively for Baby Yoda, I am a fan. And then we find out that Mando left the three behind in a cell together to never be seen again? Question mark? What do you think, Tim? Think we're going to see him again? I With Star Wars, even when people are dead, they're not dead. So it's their absolute they just get a huge hard on over bringing people back. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll be back. So I'm that that's it that I have for that episode. Episode seven. This is when we know shit's about to get real. Episode seven. When the credits hit Tim, what did you think? It's the best one they've done in the, in this uh, show. Ooh, so far. Okay. Um, Seven actually shows that they had some sort of this is all coming together type plan. This all means something Um, because there's a moment there after six where you're like, if this is all this show is, it's fun. It's not good. Like it's not there's there's nothing there's no like higher level storytelling going on here. Seven proves that not only do they have a story arc in mind, but everything that happened previously actually does matter yeah. because it all comes to a point in, in this episode and it's penultimate episodes are famously usually better than their finales um, because they, uh, they get to the climax of whatever season of the show you were in. Um, I would caution so- you. I would caution you to, not get stuck in that mindset for mandalorian you're you're in for some good content my friend well let me just say that you're in, you're in for a good ride so speaking of a good ride wow what a perfect segue mando and baby yoda they're flying along having a good time carl weathers he calls mando carl weathers offers mando basically immunity and guild protection Wow, this seems too good to be true. Out of nowhere, what a nice guy he is. All he has to do is come and kill the client and the Imperial Guards on Navarro. And he even gets to keep Baby Yoda. I mean, I, I, and there's I'm only sold. three of them. And there's only three or four of them, man. Which, as we know, four to one odds. Psh. But they took over the city. <laughs> So that's it. And he tells him that. So that seems like kind of a problem. Well, here's the thing. This is, this is where Mando goes down a level for me. His judgment is terrible here. It's, it's terrible. He knows what he's getting into. He's suspicious, but he shouldn't go at all. Like that's the thing is like, he's only suspicious, which is the problem. Um, You mean this guy that 
got the whole goddamn village together to kill you like you were a fucking ogre in Shrek. <laughs> like this guy is all wow. of a sudden. That's a movie that we need to do. It's on Netflix, though. Um, you don't think I own it? Well, I'm just saying, not a lot of people do the DVD thing anymore, but I respect it. I don't own the um, DVD. Come on. <laughs> but this guy is all of a sudden reaching his hand out to you, and you're like, yeah, there might be a problem here. I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's well, probably a problem there. Well, but we're going to take the deal off to Navarro. And he thought he killed them, but that's a whole other. Generally, people that I try yeah. to kill, I don't then take their offers later because yeah. I, I assume they don't like me. Um, <laughs> and I just not every not everyone has to like you, Mando. Not everyone's your friend. Um, yeah. The whole they've taken over the city. It'll be fine. Just show up. They'll leave once their leader dies. It's like. <laughs> That's kind of how Star Wars usually works, right? <laughs> or at least that's how the original episodes worked. It's like, oh, it blew up. Now everything's good. What I'm happy that Mando, man, the Mandalorian has shown is that like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> like you, you can blow up the head of the snake. There's still all these other entities that are operating independent of it. So come to the town. It'll be fine. There's a couple stormtroopers here. I don't know. It'll be fine. For our audio only listeners, I have my hands up in the I don't know uh, position. Yeah. Bad judgment. Um, Very bad judgment. Real quick, just as an aside, because, you know, if I can pull back the curtain just for a moment. Uh, when we record these, I try to have something on that's, you know, sports news or something. So that if something big happens, we can have a moment like we did. I think we were recording when the Floyd Mayweather jake paul fight actually got announced now i know you're trying to check your phone right now to see what did just drop nothing dropped Good. but um did i forget that buck showalter one is still alive and two is the mets manager i blocked it out it shows where i'm at with baseball though i i just don't know a lot about it these days God. i mean i looked at the top 20 players today for our fantasy draft we're doing and i was like i know like five of these guys <laughs> i was like this is like i'm i'm not Did saying you know I matt know olson was almost worth 200 million dollars because i certainly fucking didn't i'm not saying that i would know more hockey players but it's not that far off I like <laughs> no okay it is far off for me i i it's, think i can name like three hockey players and that's maybe too much of an exaggeration, but we're getting yeah. there is my point. Like, can I name sure. more soccer players? Eh, probably on the right more day. college basketball players, maybe. In like a no. week after we've watched no. endless hours of March Madness, maybe. I don't know. Um, anyways, we'll get to older white men in this episode um, and how it might not really work out all that well for them. Uh, but first we cut to Cara Dune. She's beating some ass. Looks like we're getting band back together, which is always great. Baby Yoda's trying to fly. The Razor Crest doesn't work out. Um, then you get back up there and make sure that there's an adult in the cockpit, which I think is a good idea. Don't let just the baby up there. Um, and then we mentioned that we maybe need to have someone looking after the little guy. 
which warms my heart to bring back our favorite rural voter quill always great always great to see quill uh now the only problem is is that quill calls baby yoda ugly and i don't appreciate it on that i didn't appreciate it whatsoever so yoda's ugly so this is this is my only case for this is that yoda's ugly he's really gross looking like there's nothing especially in the non-edited episode one phantom menace yeah it's really bad um that being said i don't think baby yoda's ugly i mean he's obviously very cute it's a weird take by him he's our child quill has a lot of weird takes in this episode I don't think anybody on the ship is exhibiting very good judgment here, <laughs> particularly Quill's whole thing where he's like, it's fine. I, I trained this yeah. killing droid to not kill. I was like, really? what Testament. the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like that's just bad judgment. It's bad judgment. I don't so know what he, you want from me. So he repurposes the assassin droid real quick though. Mando says he changed a couple wires, which actually isn't true. Quill said he trained him. <laughs> like, yeah. Mando adds the he added some wires later. That actually would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah. Literally, Quill's like, no, it's fine. I trained him like a puppy. He doesn't kill things anymore. He doesn't like, piss on the carpet anymore. It's like, oh, okay. He, 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 you know, nudges his nose at the door when he needs to go to the bathroom now. Yeah, seems cool. <laughs> the robot. <laughs> yeah, seems, seems like that makes sense. So then I, my next question, it seems pretty evident in what your answer is going to be, but do you trust Quill's work? I think he's a sweet old guy. I don't think he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Well-intentioned is all hell. Yeah, I, but, I think he... Bad judgment. <laughs> First of all, the fact that he even showed up to that site to see if there was any valuable shit hanging around. It's kind of interesting. We'll, uh, we'll see how his work pans out. Uh, so now we get on the ship uh, to Navarro, Baby Yoda. Not a fan of Caradoon. Not a fan. Force chokes her while they're arm wrestling. It, it, it maybe, maybe it was a sign. <laughs> maybe it was a character oh, oh, may oh, not be the oh, best human being oh, <laughs> on the planet. Wow. Maybe baby Yoda sniffed it out early. I don't know. So, so you're saying that baby Yoda using the force could tell some opinions that a person just beyond the show the star wars world could have is that what you're saying i i will say this i enjoyed that a not evil person showed that they can choke people with the force because that seems like a pretty useful tool in your arsenal that jedi seem to be reluctant or never use so i'm always not the aggressor tim I'm all for people using the force to do things that kind of make me laugh because (laughs) 
all we really we don't know shit about it other than they can pull things and push things and lightning and choking and it's something that jedi have and yoda and anakin have a lot of it that's it like man everything you just said could be applied to a very interesting part of a jedi's life i pulling pushing choking i have been long on the jedi fuck uh bandwagon and i will remain in the front of that cart you know and what's interesting though is once anakin gets to it gets worse so maybe maybe padme just i don't know like when he takes the pear from her when they're eating dinner or whatever yeah and it's kind of weird like kind of i'm all i'm all for them using it for stuff that isn't noble that's my point (laughs) because if any normal human being had the ability to do that particularly a baby who can't speak of course they would do stupid shit that doesn't make sense all the time yeah Yeah. i don't like i don't like uh these people having such self-control is my point i I like people with no self-control i think we're gonna have to do an entire episode on the hints that star wars gives us throughout the war and throughout the uh content that we've gotten about who likes certain things uh in bed i i think i think we need to do at least a segment because they they drop some hints and what's funny is clone wars i mean there's some just sizzling crackling sexual chemistry on the screen for kids show it's it's a little disconcerting dave filoni might be might be a little uh troubled shall we say or just I maybe a little lonely um the only last thing on this point which we've belabored too long is that nobody is as relaxed and as level-headed and is kind of at peace with themselves as obi-wan appears to be unless they are regularly fucking so and if you watch clone wars no, I, I I don't know the lady's name, but this has been in the in the Twitter sphere recently. Yeah, um, yeah Obi Wan oh. that he fucks. Kids, right close, close your ears. Obi Wan fucks, and well, yeah, and probably well. It it makes sense. He's very good at a lot of things. Yes, and a very noble man. Not very selfless. Very selfless. That, that's true, actually. Yeah, true. So now the droid <laughs> is a chef, apparently. <laughs> an assassin brings him tea yeah brings him tea that seems Uh, cool they end up meeting with carl weathers he's still got the guns on him by the way doesn't seem like a real smart idea oh (laughs) maybe take those off ig11 yeah yeah when he's bringing him tea and mando's like checking out the guns that are still out of like yeah it's kind of weird yeah i don't know i mean like i said or like uh quill said you know we retrained him retrained him yeah Uh, so they meet with Carl Weathers. Neither side trusts each other. Both brought muscle. Both brought some uh, trust issues. Although I wish that Carl Weathers would have brought maybe a couple more guys because I knew that he was going to fuck with Mando. And I'm like, he just like took down your village. Like you're going to fuck with him with like two dudes. Like, I don't know, whatever. Maybe Carl Weathers took a few shots to the head from uh, 
from Sylvester Stallone, just you know, just a couple too many, just a couple too many. Could be. Uh, so they're you know they they make camp for the night. They have some forgettable dialogue. Uh, they get attacked. Carl Weathers gets hurt. Baby Yoda heals him, foreshadowing because this came out right before um, episode nine. Uh, so they were foreshadowing some of the powers that we were going to see Ray use in episode nine. So that was cool. Again, uh, one of those things that they in their main uh, storyline don't address sufficiently because obviously it's rare obviously we don't see people we don't even see jedi with the ability to do this so we're just kind of left to again you can you can make the arguments there's these cute little novels out there that have been written there's the like to me to me like i understand that it's rare i understand that it's it's important but i my my only problem with it i guess is this stuff deserves to have a better explanation than the one that is currently offered and what is your understanding of the explanation i i've told you my understanding of what the force is oh, okay and it's it's to me it's it's one of the things that people hate most about the prequels because it's like so there's many chlorians who the Ge- fuck cares george lucas also wants you to know that there's the wills but that was apparently too much for audiences really the force healing and the new force abilities as time goes on it's ju- it just happens because the more you study the force and the more more people study the force and you know consequently more force goes communicate with current force users there's just a building knowledge of the force and ray because she's studying basically for half a movie she begins to hey, but baby yoda is not that baby yoda is only one of three like mystical beings that we know about yeah i, I so. get that i just to me it's it's one of the things that it's cool when you see something new which, by the way, the new movies really didn't do anything new other than the healing. Um, but it, it's like... Episode could, could 7 we just, was famously in a New Hope remake, basically. Could we, could we just get the Rocky montage of people, like, learning to do this? Like, could we get... Could we get... Like, is it too much to ask? Like, could we do a television show? Whether just every single episode is some history of this thing that is so important, but nobody understands because the only people who talk about the force are people like, um, who is the guy that said, I've heard of this in the quill quills. Like I heard about this stuff when I was sure, but like doing that's all or another in Yuma. That's literally what we know. Yeah. Like we're just quill. Like, yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know. See it a couple times. Don't get it. <laughs> but it's not, no one's ever taken the time to explain it to me and all these hours yeah. of content they've created. But yes, baby Yoda healing him is yeah. interesting, but don't know why. And that's yeah. kind of one of my problems with this series. It's well taken, but I, I, I still think you're gonna enjoy it. And I'm hoping that there's enough people out there that understood my humor reference to the Dark Knight. But 
we press on because Baby Yoda healing Carl Weathers wins Carl Weathers over. And then he just murders two people. <laughs> he just murders two people that he brought. So, like, presumably two of the people that he trusts the most. Yeah, doesn't seem like an awesome guy. So the plan was to kill Mando and take the kid. Carl Weathers is now with the cause. Presumably, Carl Weathers could have called this plan off at any time. Instead, he decided to kill the henchmen just, just, who were just doing what they were asked. Off them. I'm sure they'd be agreeable to another solution. Doesn't but... seem seems like they like everybody else in the guild wants money and they're just kind of going along to get along. But, but no, no just, you had to shoot him in the back. We're just going to kill him. We're going to go Anakin on the younglings and we're just going to kill him. No questions asked. Uh, the plan is now to split up the prim, baby Yoda, and act like Mando is in custody. They get to the client. Now, would you accept a libation from Werner Herzog? No. He seems like a guy that there's some extra Bill Cosby shit. Because he's a Nazi. Out. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I don't I don't fuck with Nazis. We're both right in our outlandish references, I think. Or Bill or Bill Cosby, for that record. Nazi or Bill Cosby. That should be the name of this episode. He may be a Nazi, yeah, no, he I, may be uh he may be Bill Cosby. Who knows? <laughs> I don't want ice cream to rape. Sorry, I'm just thinking of the <laughs> The Chappelle. <laughs> they got him. So he talks shit about Mandos, saying like, oh, it's just, it's your, your culture is just such a sad tale of betrayal and all this shit. And it's just like, hey, man, look, you keep poking the bear. You obviously don't know how to fight because you've got all these ex-imperials walking around. You might want to hold hold your tongue a little bit, um, but that's not who they apparently need to be most worried about, because um, there are way more people there than they thought, and not just the people for the client. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito shows up. Like Gus is there. Yeah, like just villain personified shows up in a tie fighter ready to just fuck shit up uh his name is moff gideon he's he'll he's here to kill everybody um i respect his style the client for me wasn't evil enough he was like he was evil but he 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 didn't have my he he respected people he didn't have my brand of evil. Yeah. I like I like my evil to be nuts, like a little unhinged. Zealous. Yeah, something. Will, I don't know. Will, like he just will, didn't do it for me. Willing to knock all, say, shall we say, walls down to get whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And not really. He's efficient. Caring. Yeah. Oh, very efficient. Very efficient. So Moff Gideon has entered the chat in a very uh, boisterous way. Uh, rest in peace, Queel. He was trying to get Baby Yoda back to the ship. Just wasn't fast enough. By the way, whatever the fuck he was riding seemed kind of slow. Kind of. 
Kind just didn't seem like he was getting up and down the track. Seemed as though he had about 20 minutes of lead time. <laughs> yeah, that thing seems slow. Seems slow. Maybe maybe gas prices are up there too. Who knows? Inflation's a bitch. Or, you know, corporate greed's a bitch since, you know. It's all uh, a bitch. Since, you know, price of uh, barrel of oil is half what it used to be, but gas has still got a different podcast. Uh I do remember being very worried about Baby Yoda. What are your feelings currently? I've seen there's a season two, so it's difficult but to it's be. But it's a season two of The Mandalorian. It's difficult it's to be sufficiently child. concerned. It's not season um, two of Baby Yoda. It's it's, season it's two difficult of the to be concerned. It's difficult. Okay. It's hard to. Sorry to not give the most entertaining answer there, but difficult <laughs> to be concerned. I'm sure well, Baby Yoda gets captured several times throughout this series it seems like it's going to be the trope it's going to be the thing okay it's the thing people want it's for some reason mando mando also wants um haven't quite figured that out yet um but no i'm sure he'll be captured it seems like for now he's not a threat he is something to be used by whoever finds him interesting I, I I cannot wait, cannot wait to discuss more with you. But as the listeners know, Tim, this is only his first time watching. So I'm not going to spoil anything for him as well as our listeners and viewers that are also watching along with us. Tim, how are you feeling right now? Just a temperature of the room for the series as a whole, not just one or both of the episodes. I mean, it's kind of difficult for me because there's there's parts of this show that I, I really like. And then the overarching theme for me of Star Wars is that they're never going to explain the things you want explained. They're, they're just not. They're going to leave it up to you to kind of work out for yourself. Um, the force healing was sort of a reminder of that, that it was like, oh yeah, there's this big thing that they'll, I guess, never tell us. Um, but the show itself, it, it's just, it, it's something that would only work on TV. It's why we like TV, yeah. um, for these slow building arcs to develop, to get to know everybody involved. Um, I mean, after seven episodes, they're probably around 280 minutes. They're probably at like a three-hour movie right now. Um, so it's and, it's... and it gets time to breathe. Like if you sit down and watch three hours of content, or as you know, how I viewed the Harry Potter uh, saga, I watched all the movies in like a three-day, two-day span. Yeah. You don't let the content breathe. You don't let the ideas breathe. You don't let the story breathe. I know I have seen every single Harry Potter movie. If you were to ask me the names of anybody outside of, you know, the main three characters, if you were to ask me what happened in any one movie, if you were to even really ask me important plot points of individual movies that aren't overly important to the overall story arc, I wouldn't be able to tell you. 
the reason why I think TV shows do so much better, and I mean, this isn't an independent thought. I wish it was because then I'd be a much wealthier man. You're able to enjoy them because you're able to analyze the nuances of each episode, meaning every little scene's arc. Because every single scene has a portion of the story that it's trying to tell. And so with television shows, especially weekly television shows, weekly, not binge shows, you're able to enjoy it a lot more, which is why I'm happy that Disney Plus has decided with at least its live action stuff. um, I'm pretty sure they released Star Wars, all of Star Wars Visions, um, the first season uh, all at once. But, you know, those are different because they're all individual stories and not really connected to anything else. Um, but with the, you know, flagship shows, both in Star Wars and Marvel, I've been very happy with their decision to weekly release just because I think it's a better viewing experience. Um, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I like this show more than I thought I would. I think it's well done. It's well written. It's well acted. Well, that, uh, genuinely, but- that makes me happy to hear. Yeah, it, it's just, I, I guess for me, like every time I enjoy an episode of this show, I keep going back to like, why, why is the main content not better? Like, why is, yeah, why is the peripheral stuff where we get these really well done stories that, because again, it's like, it, it's weird to me that it's taken this long for them to write this, for them to put out the story. That's like, Hey, the empire didn't just like go away overnight. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how shit happens. Yeah. Like there's all these little outposts of shit that's still running. And by the way, just because the rebels took over, doesn't mean everything's running smoothly. Shit still goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing that in our own country. (laughs) Like it, it, it doesn't like, being in charge is pretty goddamn hard. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I think that, like, I don't know why 789 didn't do this more. I don't know why. I, I don't know why the main flagship stuff is not better because it can be. They're showing you that it can be better. While I agree with you, I think we've exhausted that point multiple times just through these first uh, few episodes that we've reviewed of The Mandalorian. I agree with you. It's disappointing. It really is because I really hate having to be the person that's standing on a hill with a bullhorn just screaming, hey guys, yeah, the movies might not be the best content, but all this other stuff over here is like damn near perfect. And I understand that it's a hard sell with with animated shows. It's an easier sell with live action. Um, I wish it was an easier sell with animated shows because the animated stuff's the best content that Star Wars has to offer. It's better than Mandalorian. Um, it just is, in my opinion, and in a lot of fans' opinions, it just it just is better. Um, but it's a tougher sell. It's a tougher sell because people are like, eh, I don't know if I want to do animated. And it's a bummer. Because I wish that they would just bring that same creativity to the main stuff, because then people would probably be much more likely to then watch all the other stuff because they just like it. So it's a bummer. It really is a bummer. But I hope that this journey that we go on 
with you for the first time with me for like the fourth time and with the listeners at various amount of times will lead you and some other people to maybe venture out to the clone wars and the rebels journeys and then maybe we could do reviews of those too so but you mentioned that it's hard to rule which is a perfect segue into my favorite topic of every single time do we have any nominees for the ted cruz award for the season one from these two honestly the person that i wanted to punch the most throughout this whole thing was manda it okay that that's fine you want to nominate manda again this this guy like the whole time you're like this isn't gonna go well this isn't gonna go well for you oh this isn't gonna go well this is gonna go very poorly and the only one who doesn't seem to see it is him he's like i'll go get uh one person to help me and i'll be fine it's like that but doesn't seem but she's smart. next shock trooper come on man doesn't seem smart i don't know i i think he put himself in a bad situation where he didn't have to be well we will see um i'd like to add bill burr's mayfeld just because um it was weird well no because does or no no quill was the one that said that he was see here's my problem i get i i watch these episodes so often that i get them mixed together i don't actually think i've got I, i've got a nominee for these i i, I think i'm going to stand pat with the one that i knew i was going to give it to the whole time um so you know I'm, i i think i'm going to hold off because i would Good for it, you i i, I would give it to quill i would give it to quill but i i, I just quills help too much and he's hard to blame well the dead guy it's yeah. hard to blame the dead guy he did call baby yoda ugly um no you know what bill burr i'm gonna nominate him because he dropped baby yoda drop still like his still love his comedy yes bill burr's fantastic and i i shouldn't say i'm giving the tankers award to bill burr i'm giving the tankers award to mayfeld because i love (laughs) bill burr he's very funny yeah i was gonna Um, say real quick in multiple interviews and then we'll get out of here in multiple interviews bill burr has been asked like oh so you know What's why didn't you drop the Boston accent? His responses are like, "Wait, that's where you uh, that's where you decide not to suspend disbelief. You don't think it's possible that there's somewhere a, a planet just speaks like that? You don't think that that's a possibility? You're cool with Wookies being able to um, communicate with humans." Um, but you're not cool with a Boston accent. I just love that this implies that there is a planet. There's a Boston planet. It warns Tom Brady theoretically could exist. Yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. That's that's where I was getting at. And in that universe, Tom Brady never even mentioned retirement. In that universe, Tom Brady never left the Patriots. And in that universe, there was no deflate gate. In that universe. There was no Spygate in that universe. There was only Harmony. There was no safeties dive bombing Rob Gronkowski's kneecaps. There was no Aaron Hernandez murders. All There's no David Tyree catch. There's no Eli Manning that exists. His dad, Archie, pulls out instead of having Eli. Um, all is well. And on that note, Mayfeld and Mando, <laughs> go fuck yourself. 
Rob DeSantis. It's been a while since I've said his name on here. Go fuck yourself. Uh, who else? You got anybody to add, Tim? I didn't enjoy Ted Cruz petitioning Kyrie to come play for the Rockets. That was a tough one. Yeah, then I'm going to get, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a tough one. Kyrie so, dropped double 60, Ted Cruz. by the way. Yeah, double Ted Cruz. Um, go fuck yourself. Everybody that even supports Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Um, trying to think. I, I, I want to get her name correctly, but Clarence Thomas's wife was found to be at the January 6th rally. Yes. Allegedly, she had nothing to do with planning it, even though she is a very high-profile uh, conservative activist. And, then, and all the groups that she's a part of were involved with planning it, but she herself had nothing to do with planning and it. Then he and goes by the and way, blocks. she never told her husband about anything. No. And all these little cases that are popping up, he shouldn't have to recuse himself from because... Yeah, we know if we know one thing, it's that husbands and wives don't talk about what happens at work um, ever. ever. That is hilariously stupid. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Both of you. Why don't you? Why, I always hog this last little bit. Why don't you take it? Take us out, Tim. Take us out. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know the, the proper <laughs> language for, for ending a podcast. Do we just say amen like a prayer? Like, is we, it just we, we can name of the father, the son, son Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit, go out and uh, spread the good news of the Lord. Genie, Genie <laughs> Thomas, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Found it. God, we haven't had one that's gone off the rails at the end this bad in a while. And I love it. This is where I thrive. This is where I thrive, yeah. baby. This is where we get cutout clips that have nothing to do with the episode. They're fun. This is great. Um, yeah. It's where we lose so, our jobs. And yeah. <laughs> all of it. May the Lord be with you and with your spirit. It's Lent, everybody. Live it up. Do something nice. Do, do something nice to you. No, you're not so oh bro, sorry. You're not supposed to say that until Easter. Come on. Oh, sorry. Jeez. My best. <laughs> Christ. God. It's a goodness. fucking rookie over here. My goodness. Somebody didn't grow up Catholic. Um right. You know, Ted Cruz, just go fuck yourself, man. Just do it. Yeah. Just, just do, just do it. I remember how it goes out. I remember the ending now. <laughs> they can find us on Instagram. Tony is at tfelix34. Tim is go. at tleduke32. Follow us on TikTok, YouTube. Subscribe Follow to the pod. Us. Share with your friends. And Elvis Monroe, please play us out. One day, someday. She's my one day someday. She's my one day someday. Gonna have her, gonna call her baby. One day someday. She's gonna call me baby. Gonna have a family. I can see it in her eyes. Our future's all so bright. Gonna wake up by her One day someday. She's my one day someday fiction girl. She's my one day someday.